Welcome to the Table for One podcast, a podcast for those of you who are cooking for one. You'll find interviews with people who are cooking for one, nutrition tips, cooking tricks, and other practical topics for all my single listeners, and all without the mention of dieting or restriction because, well, dieting just kind of sucks. So join me as I explore the realities, the challenges, and highlight the joys of cooking for one in this busy world. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. I am really excited to share today's interview with Kaylee. Kaylee is a registered dietitian, food blogger, and creator of the fantastic and beautiful blog, Lively Table. She creates nourishing, delicious recipes made with real ingredients as well as no BS nutrition tips, which I love. Uh, also, approachable wellness and healthy living tips and sprinkles of real life as a mom. Kaylee started this series on her blog and on her social media channels, I don't know how long ago, a bit ago, where she does did fridge foraging meals. And so on that, she would make meals with what she had on hand. And because of that, and because of my desire to reduce food waste and make, you know, reusing leftovers creative and a lot more interesting, well, I thought she'd be the perfect person to talk to about this. So listen to my conversation with Kaylee about how to raid your fridge for dinner, aka how to reduce waste, aka how to not go to the store, aka I don't know, whatever else. (laughs) Enjoy. All right, Kaylee, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk about cooking from your pantry or fridge foraging, which is your term. So I don't want to steal it, but it's an, it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to, to talk to you today. Yeah. So let's just get started to give an idea about you and your background. Tell us a little bit about eating at your house growing up and whatever you want about that. Well, growing up, um, we... We ate at home pretty much every single night. My mom cooked every night. Um, we we hardly ever ate out unless it was like a very special occasion. Um, and so, and my mom, she was a good cook. I mean, she is a good cook. She made, um, you know, everything pretty much from scratch. You know, it was, you know, a, a while back and we were kind of in the convenience era a little bit where we didn't know as much about the health effects of those kind of things as we do now. So um, there, there was a little bit more convenience food in there, but um, my mom always, always made sure that she, there was a homemade dinner on the table. So um, that's kind of where I learned to cook growing up. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause I feel like most of the people that I interview for this, we have really similar upbringings in terms of food and, and the two of us do for sure. Um, or it's like super, super different. There's not much in between, but I can totally <laughs> yeah. relate to that. Like my mom, I think DiGiorno pizzas were kind of the only thing that she would buy pre-made to be honest. We didn't have much. Yeah. I mean, we, we ate like, you know, kid food when we were young, like fish sticks and stuff. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the occasional like hamburger helper she would make, but other than that, she pretty much made everything. Herself. That's awesome. I, <laughs> I'm, I don't think I even need to ask my mom this question, but I'm pretty sure she's, she has never had hamburger helper in her life. And I think I've just had it like friends <laughs> houses when I was growing up. 
and yeah, I haven't made it for myself. So my favorite. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> Same thing. But you know, I mean, we each have our own taste preferences, and that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's jump right into talking about, um, cooking from your pantry. And I think the reason why I wanted to talk about this is I think this is something that we all, it, it can be really beneficial for everybody. And in terms of like using up the food that we have, reducing food waste, but also saving money. It's a really great way to, um, you know, to not have to go to the store and buy, extras of everything or to have to go to buy, go to the store and buy something new that you didn't actually use up before. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you got into that and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I got into kind of this fridge foraging series, if you will, um, just because I've always been super conscious about food waste. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't like to waste food and Part of that was just growing up, you know, we, my mom and dad didn't keep just a whole lot stocked. Um, and when I started cooking, it was before I could drive. Um, so I learned to kind of make food with what whatever they had in the house. Um, so, I mean, fast forward to now and to and even you know, when my husband and I first got married and we're living in this tiny condo in Dallas and, you know, we were on a bit more of a budget because I was in grad school. Um, I just, it's kind of a challenge to me to create meals out of whatever I have. And, you know, obviously there is that, that budgetary um, mindset of not wanting to to overbuy at the grocery store and wanting to save money, which is great. But I also just, I feel really bad wasting food. <laughs> so I really like to try to incorporate it into um, every, everyday meals, incorporate more um, food that I already have that I may not cook, you know, something as, as one of my everyday kind of staple meals. But it's, it's fun to, to get outside the box and, and kind of do something fun. Yeah, I. That's so interesting that you got started with that so young. Um, so I mean, it's really something that you've been doing for as long as you've been cooking. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just a necessity for so long, and then after that, you know, it just kind of became fun. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. So you might be in a different, well, you are in a different situation because you've been doing it for such a long time and it's literally your job to create recipes, but do you have any, (laughs) but do you have any tips or, or any lessons that you've learned about kind of putting that creative cap on? And the reason I'm asking this or to give a little bit more reference, I guess, is, um, that's something that I hear a lot from people is like, I can follow a recipe just fine, but how do you, how do you figure out like what you're going to use and how do you know if those ingredients are going to taste good together? Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's, it is easier the more you do it and the more you are used to going off, off the page a little bit with Mm -hmm. recipes. Um, but I like to just kind of think of meals that I've had that really stood out or just kind of classic flavor pairings that maybe you've had, at a restaurant or that are in some of your favorite meals or favorite um, kind of 
global cuisines, if you will, um, that just naturally pair really well together. So if you have, you know, I don't know, tomatoes and olive oil, then you can pretty much always put, you know, something together with those or, you know, garlic and olive oil or, you know, basil and oregano, different herbs and things like that. Um, and, you know, you can always substitute if a recipe calls for one thing and you don't have it, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to go out to the store and get it. If it's not a major player, you can just look and see what you have and something that may be kind of similar. So if you have like dried spices instead of fresh, or if you have, you know, something calls for basil and you have oregano, you know, that might be an okay swap there. Or if you have, white beans and a recipe calls for chickpeas, you know, just being comfortable with those substitutions and starting to just explore a little bit. Um, it's, and it doesn't always work and it's not always going to be the best meal that you've ever had, but that's okay. And, and that's part of the fun of learning. That's I, thanks for sharing all that. I think that's super helpful. And to be honest, I mean, if you're making a recipe from online or a cookbook or a magazine, like it's kind of, maybe not just as likely, maybe it might be different at different times or whatever, but those can turn out terribly too. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I, I have had some, you know, when I first started cooking and especially now that, you know, my palate has, has changed and become a little bit more picky. (laughs) I sometimes try recipes, but it's like, whoa, that, that was not good. Did this person even test that recipe? (laughs) You know, things, things could turn out, um, you know, not as great as you'd hope, but you know, not again, not every meal has to be spectacular. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good point. Cause I think we get into that mindset of, Oh, everything's, you know, I'm going to get creative and it's going to be awesome every time. And that would be nice. And if you give yourself the creativity, maybe it could happen more often too, but it's not going to be a hundred percent. Yeah. And you may find something that's awesome, but you know, sometimes the goal is just feeding yourself and not having to go to the store. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so back to that, that kind of went back to the, another question I was, I wanted to ask you. So also substitutions are a little bit overwhelming for people. Do you have any recommendations for navigating substituting ingredients? Oh gosh. Um, yeah, it can be difficult for sure. I think, that's where a lot of people kind of get intimidated. But, um, I mean, really, it's just the more you practice and the more you get familiar with different flavors and different spices, then you can kind of tell what you can use in place of other things. You know, if something, is, especially like fruits or vegetables, if something is similar in texture, similar in flavor, and you know that you like it, then a lot of times you can use that. For example, like if you don't have pears, you can use an apple if that's what you have because that's more common. Or, you know, if something calls for a lemon and you don't necessarily have a lemon, do you have another citrus? Um, Different things like that. But a lot of it does come with, um, you know, just experimenting and knowing the different flavors that you like. 
That's such great. That's such a great tip because usually what I say, and I'm like, just Google it, just Google it, which can be super helpful, but just sticking with the same yeah, sure. category, <laughs> you know, citrus for citrus or like you said, um, similar herbs and maybe just doing a sniff test if they smell kind of similar, then that's a pretty yeah. good <laughs> pretty good gauge. Have you, I mean, is, is that something that you would say as well, do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, especially when it comes to spice, um, if you... If you smell it and you think, oh, well, that, that's kind of similar. Or if you smell it and you think, well, that doesn't smell good to me and I don't really think I want to use it, then it's like, okay, well, don't. Use something else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's And, a, and it can thing. especially be easy to substitute different things like, um, like meat. If you don't have, say, chicken and mm. you do have, like, pork chops in the fridge, like, okay, maybe you can do that. Or if you don't have ground meat at all and the recipe calls for it maybe you can substitute beans or lentils if you have those because you know that's a lot more shelf stable and a lot of people have them in their pantry that's a really good point too i didn't really think of that but um i mean substituting i'm trying to think like almost any kind of meat for like a white bean in particular because those are very mild flavor like that should all mostly always be a good substitution have you had any experience to say otherwise, or what do you think? No, I, I mean, I don't think that I've had recipes necessarily turn out bad with beans just because they are so flexible and don't have a super strong flavor. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's such a good point about the meat and beans. I didn't think about that. <laughs> oh, yes, that's great. I, I mean, that's, if I don't have anything to eat in the fridge, like leftovers or something for me to eat for lunch. I almost always make something with beans because it's so easy. Yeah. And I, I just, I think this, the episode that I recorded last will be before yours. I don't plan that far ahead, but, um, (laughs) I was talking to a friend of mine who is vegetarian and, and she was talking about how easy it is. And then as we were talking, I realized that whenever almost everything that I make without planning ahead of time is, you know, the base is beans because they're there, they're ready. And it just takes a couple minutes. So there's a For lot sure, of us yeah, feeling that way. Either beans or eggs. <laughs> yeah. Eggs too. They're so, yeah, they can be really, really quick and easy. So true. So we kind of talked about this a little bit, but, um, I kind of want to dive in a little bit more. What recommendations do you have for somebody who's new to this and, wants to feel more comfortable throwing um, together ingredients and flavors. Um, and also to take that a step farther and like how to, well, let's start with one question at a time. Okay. So what do you, what are your thoughts about that? <laughs> well, for me, it is a lot easier just because I do, you know, make recipes for a living. So I have a huge variety of ingredients at my house ready to go um, and at my disposal and be, I kind of know how to use them. Um, but, you know, it's, if you have, like, a certain ingredient and you don't know what in the world you want to do with it, like, you can always get inspiration from, you know, Instagram. Everyone's on Instagram looking at food. Well, I'm sure most people don't look at food as much as I do on Instagram. But Same. <laughs> um, look, you know, on Instagram or in cookbooks or magazines and just, kind of look and see how other people are using that ingredient and, and 
you can you can draw inspiration off that without necessarily having to follow a recipe um, to a T. Um, and a lot of uh, you know one good good tidbit you can pretty much always make pasta with anything. Like if you have you know whatever like vegetables or meat and it may be cooked and it may be uncooked if you have like leftover roasted vegetables for example you can pretty much always throw something like that into a pasta dish and make something really good (laughs) and it doesn't even have to be complicated it can be super simple um you know olive oil garlic and your cooked pasta and whatever ingredient you have is pretty much always going to taste good (laughs) That's such a good point. I totally agree. I think that such pasta is a really easy base. And I feel like most people know how to cook pasta. So then it's just adding stuff to it. Yeah, it's not something that's super complicated to make. But you are more comfortable um, getting a little more adventurous. Grain bowls are always something that's super easy that you can throw different ingredients into um, that will kind of make a, a cohesive meal out of something that may not seem super cohesive to you at first. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also with that, I feel like there's a lot of grain bowls that I've made that have ended up being like really good. And it was kind of just, Oh, I've got these, you know, whatever in the fridge and this and that and throw it together. And it ends up being really good. Yes, yeah. Especially if you have, like a leftover sauce or a dressing that you want to use up that you really like, Mm -hmm. then that always kind of ties things together and makes it taste really good. That's such a great point. Um, And with that said, do you have any particular grains that you really like to throw into a grain bowl? Well, for me, I always keep quinoa around just because I know that my husband likes it too. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's very versatile and doesn't, have a super strong flavor um so quinoa bowls are always something super easy but one of my favorite grains is actually farro um so that's my kind of my go-to for bowls <laughs> yeah i i would say the same thing but i don't cook with it that often so um maybe i don't either i kind of tend to forget about it because all my grains are kind of like in the corner of my pantry <laughs> i know same and i think um, like you said about quinoa, it's, you know, pretty mild flavored. I, I would say the same thing with a lot of grains. Some of them do take longer to cook and that's definitely something yeah. to take into consideration, but they're all pretty bland's not the word. I mean, well, I right. actually, they kind of are. And then it just is up to you to add yeah. spices and enough salt <laughs> in particular to definitely. make it taste good. But yeah. And I like to cook mine with broth to make sure it I get a little more flavor in there. So do you do, do you cook it in just straight um, broth or do you do like part water, part broth? How do you do that? Um, It kind of just depends. Sometimes I'll do broth for all of the liquid. And then sometimes if I just, you know, don't have enough, then I'll use the rest of whatever I have and then fill the rest with water. Um, But I do like to keep, um, and this may help other people, I like to make like a double batch most of the time of whatever grain I'm cooking. And then I'll either put it in the fridge or put it in the freezer into portions of like what our family eats Mm -hmm. so that if I'm making a meal and I don't have a starch to go with it, then I can just pull it out of the freezer and then I'm done. (laughs) It's super easy. 
Yeah, that's such a great tip. That's something that I've been trying to do more of because, I mean, with the exception of minute rice, every grain takes 20, 30 minutes or an hour. And that's sometimes that's yeah. 10 minutes too long <laughs> or half an hour too for long. For sure. For sure. Especially, yeah, once we, um, you know, with our first baby, when she was born, we started doing a little bit more convenient stuff like that. I mean, we love the Uncle Ben rice because mm-hmm. the little ones that you can just put in the microwave, they have like just plain brown rice. And so that's great on, on days when I don't have anything in the freezer in my stash. So, yeah, I think that's such a good point. Cause I, I always, right now I'm trying to be more, you know, um, environmentally friendly and kind of paying attention to all of the packaging that I'm using up. And, you know, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like those, those, what you just talked about are just so easy and I'm not, um, like, it's not anything that anybody should avoid, but with that said, like those are good things to have on hand, but also just making a double batch of something, you can just make it and then leave it and then, you know, batch it up and put it in the freezer for later. And that doesn't take extra packaging right. too. It's nice to have those on hand just in case, but not necessarily something that you're going to eat every day. Yeah. If- yeah, especially if you're if you're trying to cut back on the packaging that you use. So, and then especially you know if you can buy grains in bulk in the bulk bins, then you don't have to use hardly any packaging. Yeah, and there's and they're priced re- usually they you know they're they're pretty inexpensive, which is yes, nice. But for sure. yeah, and so I think what I mean I'm imagining. <laughs> We're both saying like have have a variety of options there, like the really really quick one, the one that'll take a little bit of time, which is maybe frozen, and then um, having just the raw version of grains or whatever else, um, just so we can make things easy. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so my next question is kind of like a template. So could you walk through your process of making um, your fridge foraging meals? Yes. So um, basically, before I ever go to the store, I typically kind of plan my meals for the week. Mm -hmm. And I'll usually incorporate at least one of those meals into our our weekly menu. Mm -hmm. And we typically have our freezer just full of so much because my freezer is my best friend just because I hate wasting food so much. Same. So I freeze everything. <laughs> so I'll typically kind of go through what I have in the freezer, what I have in the fridge that like immediate to be used up. Mm-hmm. You know, if I have that's about to go bad, then I'll say, okay, what I'm going to use in this fridge foraging meal. Um, and then, so if I have, you know, whatever produce I need that I need to use, then I'll, you know, decide what, what else I already have in stock in my either fridge or pantry or freezer that can kind of make a cohesive meal out of that. And sometimes it's, you know, making a curry, which are great for using up a bunch of different stuff because they're super flexible. Um, And it may be a stir fry and it may be um, a soup, which is, you know, all of those things are very good at, you can throw 
almost anything into them and they're good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so I like to use, I like to make recipes that are flexible like that. Um, You know, frittatas or taco quesadillas, soup, like I mentioned, or curry or stir fry or things that are, are really flexible. And if you have kind of your base ingredients that you keep at home, then you can really throw whatever you want into them and it can, you know, be creative and, um, and usually taste pretty good. And even if you don't have, you know, all of the ingredients that you would normally put in something, that's okay. That's such a good point. Like you don't have to put all, you know, always have, I don't know, thinking of tacos off the top of my head, like always have some sort of a grain in it, always have some sort of meat in it, always have a coleslaw in it and a salsa and all those things. Like you can adjust those based off of what you have. Exactly. Yeah. If you, if you like have, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example in my mind just went blank. So (laughs) (laughs) I feel, I feel, yeah. It it, it just happens sometimes now that my mind is always in a million different directions. (laughs) Yeah, it's okay. Um, So, yeah, so is there, I I like this plan. So you really um, plan your meals for the week and incorporate something that you're going to use, what you've got on hand. You go through what's in the fridge and the freezer, and then you decide what else is on hand to kind of make that a cohesive meal. And then um, decide on a flexible recipe to use up those ingredients and then throw whatever else you have on hand that would fit within that flexible recipe. Is there anything else that you would add to that list or anything that I um, got wrong? Hmm. No, I mean, and then I just kind of cook. And then if I kind of stumble across something else that I think would be good in whatever I'm making, then that might go in there too. And it just kind of, kind of flows that way. That's I, I just try to make it, if that's, if that's my kind of fridge foraging meal, then I just try to make it my goal to use up as much as I can that, you know, it's kind of been sitting at the back that I might've forgotten about and also not go to the store. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel yeah, yeah. So that was super helpful. I I like how straightforward that is, and um, I think you have lots of really great tips. Um, we're almost Definitely, out of time. The goal is uh-huh. kind of to reduce the stress and make it easy, and just you know, kind of go with go with the flow. I like that. I'm, right, I'm <laughs> literally writing that down right now. So give me one second. <laughs> All right. So last question, any hacks or, yeah, cooking hacks. Tell me your best hacks to make cooking easy and quick. Um, Like I said, I mean, just keeping kind of some staples around that you know that you can always make a meal out of Mm -hmm. um, is always helpful, whether that's for you, if it's pasta or if it's grains or if it's eggs or, you know, yogurt is something that I use every, every single day pretty much um Mm -hmm. and then using the freezer so if I have um you know something that I can't get to for whatever reason so if I have something cooked like chicken breast then I'll shred it up put it in the freezer that way when I'm making a meal like the other night I my husband wanted chicken noodle soup because he wasn't feeling very good so I was like okay I already had carrots onions and pasta 
And then I had some shredded chicken already in the fridge or in the freezer. I mean, so I could just pull that out, stick it in the meal. And it took literally like 15 minutes. So just having those things in the freezer that are already cooked or your fridge, if you know, you're going to use it, um, makes meals go a lot faster. Yeah. And so, um, you talked about this before, but really batch cooking, Foods, so not just like grains, but if you've got carrots or celery or whatever, um, especially cooking for one, like it's kind of really hard to eat all of that celery when you buy, um, yeah, for sure, a whatever you call it, like the whole not a stock because that's whatever the whole thing of it that's hard. I'm, so, I don't, I don't know what they call the whole celery thing, <laughs> I don't either, <laughs> whatever it is, but to chop that up and then freeze it. So is that what you do or that's just what you did and, and had those on hand? Well, now I was just talking about just having chicken already cooked and, okay. and put in there because we already had the other stuff kind of sitting in the fridge, but um, yeah, I mean really anything that, you know, you can't get to, especially if it's already cooked, you can just, it in the fridge like especially like bigger recipes if you're doing like pulled pork or something like that like for one that can be way too much food mm-hmm. so just like dividing it up into portions that you use at at a time and then freezing it is is really helpful on some nights when you're like okay I have nothing to cook but I know I have this shredded meat in the freezer then I can take it out and make tacos or I can take it out and make you know whatever you're gonna make so Yeah, that's such a helpful tip because, and, you know, again, to take it a step farther, um, with people cooking for one, like you make a recipe and, um, you know, my recipes are for people cooking for one, so that's easy, but most everything else is for people, you know, for four people or six people and that gets boring real fast. So throw those in the freezer. Yeah, you don't eat the same meal all every day for a week. Yeah, and have those ingredients, you know, like not put together to make the whole dish, if that makes sense. I That's a right. really, really yeah. great way of describing it. But you know what I mean. And then you can just pull it out and throw something together in like 15 minutes. And, and it doesn't taste like it's something that was just literally thrown together. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it was so great talking to you. I learned a lot and I'm excited to share this. Do Is there anything else that you wanted to share that you didn't get a chance to? Um, no, I don't think so. I mean, just trying to have fun and with, you know, your effort to reduce food waste can, can really just make it just a a fun little activity and low stress, which, you know, is the whole goal for me. (laughs) Yeah, I, I agree. I think no matter what, um, where you are in life, that's, that's something that we can all, all use, especially, especially for you right now. So that's awesome. (laughs) And then share how people can find you tell, share your Instagram. And if you have anything else, um, any other resources. So my website is just livelytable.com. And then I am everywhere on social media at livelytable. Great. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. This was super helpful. And all right. So I will talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Table for One podcast with Rebecca. 
If you're cooking for one or know of somebody who is, make sure to subscribe to the Table for One podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you can stay up to date on new episodes that will help you make cooking for one easier and more enjoyable. Feel free to continue the conversation over at in the Table for One Facebook group. You can also find recipes or work with Rebecca over at nourishnutritionblog.com. Or honestly, the easiest way is to follow me on my handle is nnc underscore table, and you can click on the link of my profile to get more great resources for cooking for one. Talk to you next week.